ninth chapter, beginning with verse 11 through 14. Then jumping to verses 24 through 28. Hebrews chapter 9, verses 11 through 14. Then finishing with verses 24 through 28. Again, I encourage you, if you haven't done so, uh, to bring your Bibles with you. Uh, this encourages everyone to um, learn how to navigate uh, through the Word and through the Bible. Um, yeah, I know we live in an age of technology, uh, which is fantastic. Um, but the one thing um, that the Bible cannot do, that the phone can do, is power off. Amen? Let us read Hebrews chapter 9, verses 11 through 14, and finishing with 24 through 28. Allow me then to read into your hearing the word of God in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. But when Christ came as high priest of the good things that are now already here, he went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not made with human hands, that is to say, is not a part of this creation. He did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once for all, by his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. The blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer sprinkled on these who are ceremonially unclean, sanctify them so that they are outwardly clean. How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death, so that we may serve the living God. Verse 24. For Christ did not enter a sanctuary made with human hands that was only a copy of the true one. He entered heaven itself, now to appear for us in God's presence. Nor did he enter heaven to offer himself again and again the way the high priest enters the most holy place every year with blood that is not his own. Otherwise, Christ would have had to suffer many times since the creation of the world. But he has appeared once for all at the culmination of the ages to do away with sin by the sacrifice of himself. Just as people are destined to die once and after that to face judgment, so Christ was sacrificed wants to take away the sins of many and he will appear a second time not to bear sin but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him this is the word of god for the people of god you may be seated This morning, I wanted to tag this text, this sermon, Victory in Redemption. If you could take a couple seconds of your time, take a look into your left, take a look into your right, look at your neighbor, show your pearly white teeth, hopefully you brushed them this morning, and help me preach this sermon this morning and repeat to them, there is victory in redemption. One more time. There is victory in redemption. I wanted us to feel this 
message this morning, that there is victory in redemption. But what does that mean? Clearly the author of Hebrews, which hasn't been mentioned, but a lot of scholars don't even know who he is, but nevertheless, the writer of Hebrews chapter 9, what he attempts to do is to illuminate the importance and the significance of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Laying out side by side a contrast of how it was done in the Old Testament in the Old Covenant and how it was done now in the New Testament according to the New Covenant. That the blood of an animal, unperfect, how could that possibly save my soul? On a year annually basis, this was done for the redemption of human sin. The difference in these two processes is one is temporary and one is eternal. That one is permanent. I wanted to kind of use what the children saying this morning, the scripture from John 3.16 as a slingshot into what I wanted to share and communicate this morning. It's very brief and simple. Has it reached our hearts? Have we, able, have we been able to capacitate the importance of what Jesus Christ did on that cross? How angelic it was sung by the children. I'm very much sure that we all received the message this morning from the innocent and the angelic voices of these children. That Christ died for the sins of the world willingly hung on that cross and shed his blood for the, for, the, for the remission of our sins. If that hasn't hit home yet, I pray that it does. Because there is importance and there is power in the blood of Jesus Christ. Blood that was dripped on that bloody cross at Calvary each and every drop of blood that fell off of that cross was a sin committed by everyone on this earth. Could you imagine in those times, even now, if that wasn't if that wasn't done, if Jesus never died on that cross, could you imagine if it were be the bishop or the DS or I who had the sacrifice for your sin? I would be deeply scared. Because I am only but a human being imperfect to do such tasks. I am not worthy to offer unto God the atoning blood so that my people could be redeemed. Aren't we glad that the blood that was dripped on that cross, that Jesus was the perfect sacrifice? I think that what the writer of Hebrews is trying to tell us this morning, and I believe he attempted that, was that although these things were done in the Old Testament, they had no lasting effect. Could we then say that there was no victory in redemption? Only temporarily, I believe. But I am glad this morning to proclaim and to shout at this pulpit that Christ, the perfect sacrifice, has given us victory in redemption. 
Praise be unto God that Christ died for my sins. Praise be unto God that he had no blemish, that he was the perfect man, God in the human flesh, possessed no wrong, walked this earth sinless, preached the word, and died for all mankind. If that doesn't cause you to praise God and to raise your hands and to shout a praise unto the heavens, I don't know what else will. But I am glad that I can walk the streets of this town and the town that I live in and tell people that there is victory in redemption. That as I accepted Christ, I accepted his death. I accepted the resurrection. And I accept the fact that he's coming again for his people. We must praise God and be glad that we are no longer slaves to this world. That we find victory in the midst of our trials and tribulations. I remember I had conversations when I first came into this church with people of this congregation. And they were telling me the troubles and the trials and everything. And I said, you know what? Yet and still, we have victory. That in spite of everything that is going on, and in spite of what man may throw in front of my face, that as many times as I may trip and fall, I am still victorious. I still have victory in Christ. No matter what you may say to me or about me or do to me, I know where I'm going. Are you going? My testimony is clear. It's not about what I used to do and the life that I lived. My testimony is that the blood of the Lamb of Jesus Christ saved my soul. Can I get an amen? Amen. amen. Can that be your testimony this morning? Are we willing to walk these streets, this community, and proclaim that there is victory in redemption? Not of this earth, but of the heavens above. What the author, what the author of this book decided to do was to, to do a compare and contrast and show of the things that were done on this earth compared to the things that are going to be done in heaven. What they would do on this earth, they created a tabernacle and it consisted of two different rooms. One was called the holy place and the other was called the most holy place. Separating those rooms were a veil. And the only person that could go behind that veil, that curtain, was the, the high priest. And he was the only one that could go there, take the blood that was shed from these animals, the, 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 the goats and the bulls, and present this atoning blood to God for the remission of the sins of his people. I'm not quite sure how they felt in knowing that this was only done as a temporary relief. What bothers me the most is that this high priest is the one who presented this blood. If you can think, would, let, would leave the tabernacle and get these holy hands dirty and sinful again. I would not want to do that. I would much rather the person to do that would be that of a perfect being who had perfect faults. I would not want to bring the atoning blood to my God to then later leave the tabernacle with ridiculous thoughts, with doubts, or with fears. Aren't we glad that I don't have to do that? I am. 
takes a load off of my shoulders. But it makes me happy because there is a, a, an eternal, permanent guarantee that we have victory in Jesus Christ. Guarantees us salvation. We no longer have to come here on a yearly basis done over and over again. We have unlimited access to God. It's great news to my ears in knowing that once I sin, I don't have to wait for the priest to shed blood. I can easily go in my attic where it's negative 20 degrees right now. And I can fall on my knees and I can cry out to God and say, Lord, forgive me for my sins. Because the mediator, Jesus Christ, makes that possible. That doesn't make you happy. I don't know what else will. There's victory here on this earth. The battles that we fight on a day-to-day -day basis were fought and carried on the back of the most precious and perfect lamb that was drugged, slain, and slaughtered at Calvary. If there's anything that you're battling this morning, if there's anything that you're going through this morning, look at that battle, look at the devil, and say there is victory in redemption. That there is victory in my salvation. There is victory in my life. There is victory in this situation. That the mediator, that the one who fights for me, is none other than Jesus Christ. That I have nothing else to worry about but to hope in the person, in the perfection of Jesus Christ. Let the blood let the blood that covered that cross cover each and every one of your lives this morning. Remember the sacrifice that was made on that cross. Remember that we now have the opportunity to do what we do because of that loving sacrifice. That whoever believeth in him should not perish but should have eternal life. Does that not solidify the victory? Does that not solidify our final destination? Does that not make anybody happy this morning? I pray it does. I pray that it gives you enough conviction to go share it with somebody. I pray that it fills your body so much that you can't contain it anymore. That you have no other choice but to post it on Facebook or go to the nearest person that's next to you, hug them and squeeze them and say, there's victory in redemption. Now the Christ that died for me is fighting for me from up above. That deserves all the honor and the glory unto God this morning. Does that put a smile on your heart this morning?
I see a few smiles on faces already. Message is simple, folks. The death of Christ solidified our salvation. Not of a blood, not, 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 not a goat, not a bull, not any kind of animal, but the body of Jesus Christ. That God possessed so much love that he came to earth in bodily form. And so that we may not be slaves to this world anymore, <clears throat> held captive to sin, be held down by these bondages and gave us another opportunity. Who are we that God loves so much to do that? Does that not showcase how much love God has for you and for me? If you don't know what that love is, look to the cross and see Jesus there. Jesus being fully human could have possibly said no. But Jesus knew the stipulation behind the crucifixion and the resurrection and his ascension into heaven. The key elements in the essentials of the gospel, that is why they call it the good news. Let the good news of the victory that we find in Jesus Christ dwell among our hearts, our lives, and in our actions everywhere we may be, that we no longer will die, but we will live forever in eternity in heaven with Christ Jesus. I dare you this week to share the gospel with someone in these times, even as the Christmas holidays come. As we usher that into the season of Advent for the coming of Christ. Christ is coming, folks. You can look outside and see what times are looking like. Christ is on his way. I felt it in my spirit at the break room in my, lunch, in my work, in the lunchroom, when we were on break. On the screen it flashed the shooting again of those people at that bar in California. And I couldn't believe it. I turned around and I said to the folks, listen, if you guys don't know, 1030 worship in my church, Christ is coming. But we have nothing to worry about. If you've accepted Christ into your heart and you believe with your mouth and with your heart that he died on that cross for the redemption of your sins, the Bible says you are saved. And once you are saved, there's victory now. If you haven't accepted Jesus Christ into your heart, if you haven't made him your personal Lord and Savior, if you need prayer, 
for salvation. You can either raise your hand or you can find me later after service and we can pray for your soul. But if we all do possess Jesus Christ into our hearts, let him be known. Make him famous where you work. Make him famous where you live. Make him famous where you go. Let the light shine. And share with people the joy that you have now in knowing that there is victory in redemption. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we give you thanks.